Welcome to episode 21 of the Underground Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, here with my co-host, Colin. And today, uh, Penn State football's first loss of the season, coming to Minnesota by a score of 31-26. to um, Definitely a lot to take away from this game. Um, you can probably hear in my voice I'm, I'm not in the best mood because of it. But, uh, um, yeah, a lot of, lot of um, you know, insights into what we think went wrong, what we think it means for the rest of the season, um, just kind of reactions from the game as a whole. Let's start off, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, as we always do with the quarterback, Sean Clifford. Colin, can you tell me a little bit about what you thought about Clifford in this game, his performance? Yeah, I thought Clifford, he came out of the gates very slow, you know, mm-hmm. not completing a lot of his passes. He looked kind of uncomfortable on the road, you know, kind of going slower with the offense. A lot of, like, checks at the line, but they they were snapping the ball with a second left on the play clock. And he just didn't seem to be comfortable out there. Mm-hmm. And obviously throughout the game he completed 23 of 43 passes with – threw three picks on the day. So that was the big thing where compared to his like opposite Tanner Morgan from Minnesota completed 18 of 20 passes for the same amount of yards, but three touchdowns compared to Clifford's one. So just a lot more efficiency through Tanner compared to what Clifford had throughout the day. Yeah, it was just, uh, like you said, just uncomfortable throughout, you know, especially the first half, I would say. Um, Never good when, you know, Clifford's, I think it was his second pass attempt of the day as a, an interception to give Minnesota the ball early. Um, just taking some unnecessary deep shots when he didn't need to. Um, on that first pick, you know, he's looking at shorter downfield when he really didn't need to be. Uh, Hamler's open down under a little bit. And, um, you know, it. You, I guess you take the pros and cons of this kind of um, – air raid offense style every now and then and sometimes it's going to you know break out a 65 yard touchdown and break a game open and sometimes it's going to put you in a bad spot early in a game and um you know your team's going to have to fight back from that and you know Penn State definitely I, I would say they woke up a little bit as the game went on um Minnesota obviously no slouch of an opponent they they put together a really nice day um their offense especially but yeah, in terms of Clifford, I just I felt like he didn't have that uh, that you know just confidence that he, we've seen from him. Um, you would think with the success that he's been having this year, this is a game he was really really going to be up for, and um, maybe the the nerves of this game or just the atmosphere uh, threw him off a little bit. But um, definitely still plenty of positives uh, to take away for him. I thought, you know, he did a pretty decent job marching down the field uh, later in the game to put the team in positions to score. But, yeah, those three interceptions really just um, not, a, not a stat you want to see after the game. Um, rough one for, for the redshirt sophomore quarterback, but um, he'll, he'll definitely use this to, to build. Let's move now to the running backs. Definitely a lot less to talk about, I would say. Uh, in terms of running backs, because we really saw Journey Brown uh, a vast majority of the time. Noah Kane did not uh, play in this one. He warmed up, but he uh, still battling back from uh, an injury in the Michigan State game. Colin, what did you think of Brown's performance, and what also did you think of the choice to to really make him the featured back throughout the whole game? Yeah, I thought Journey Brown ran a real nice game. You know, he had 14 rushes for 124 yards and two touchdowns, but it seemed like he was real consistent throughout the game where he just put his head down and, you know, pick up 
four or five yards at pop. So that was real nice to see where he was just going after the line rather than yeah. kind of dancing in the backfield like we might have seen like earlier throughout the year. Mm. But yeah, talking about the running back rotation, I can't seem to understand that. I don't know if they flip a coin on Friday and that's how they decide who's going to get the start. But mm. I mean, it worked out well this week, giving the ball to Journey Brown and he ran real nice with it. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree. Journey Brown had a great game. Uh, he had 14 carries on the day. Uh, Devin Ford had three. Um, Ricky Slade was in the game, I think, if I remember correctly, just for the uh, two-point conversion play, the failed conversion. Um, it's it's interesting how the coaches use Ricky Slade because um, he's a very talented running back, obviously. He's had his troubles with you know, ball security and stuff like that in the past. But um, it, it was surprising for me to not see him mixed in with Brown at all, um, you know, just because they have been using such a rotational system this whole season. Uh, I, I did love the way Brown was playing, though. Um, we haven't seen a lot of the, like you said, just kind of like short, um, you know, try to get a yard or two after that initial contact kind of running. And I thought he did a great job. He broke off a couple long runs, which was great to see, uh, especially that first touchdown of his to tie the game at seven. Uh, just felt like the momentum maybe was shifting back to Penn State. Uh, we would soon learn that it really hadn't at that point. But, um, yeah, I was really happy with his performance. And I'm excited to see how, you know, maybe we, as, as Noah Kane gets more healthy, maybe we see the two of them kind of, work together in, uh, as a tandem rather than a rotation of four like we've been seeing. Um, but yeah, I thought Brown was one of the best performances of the day for the Nittany Lions. In terms of receiving now, uh, really two names to talk about for the most part, and those are KJ Hamler and Pat Fryermuth, each with over 100 yards receiving on the day. Colin, can you explain to me a little bit what you thought about their games as well as just the passing game in general? Yeah, I thought obviously those two played a real nice game. They both went over 100 yards on the day. So that was nice to see. You know, we saw a lot from Path Firemuth on third downs, kind of running a lot of like little yeah. stick routes and picking up like five yards what needed to pick up the first. So that was good to see. Mm. Uh, KJ Hammer kind of came on towards the later half of the game. You know, kind of starting to build those drives on Penn State. You needed to put up quick points. He stepped up real big, had a couple of nice catches to keep the drives going. But then we also saw a lot of drops throughout the receiving yeah. core, which was a big thing that I obviously didn't like. So that was just something that hopefully we'll see cleaned up and into coming into Indiana. Yeah, definitely. And even one or two in the end zone that, you know, could have been turned into touchdowns. And uh, it's one of those things that's a little demoralizing, I'm sure, for Sean Clifford. You know, he, he builds these drives and he's moving the ball and then he throws the pass that he needs to. And it it just doesn't, you know, doesn't happen, um, especially in a game like this. Those mistakes just can't really can't really happen if you're expecting to come in and win, especially if you want to win comfortably. Excuse me. Um, and, you know, you watch in Ohio State or, uh, 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 you know, one of the top ranked teams in the SEC, maybe and the wide receivers are such an important part of the game because the quarterbacks can do, you know, as much as they can do, but they can't catch the ball that's, that they throw. So um, it it does, you know, it does make it more difficult when it feels like Clifford, you know, he, he's looking downfield and the only people he's looking at are Hamler and Fryermuth just because he's, you know, more, he knows they're more reliable in terms of uh, catching the ball. So I, I I'm curious to see how that, 
continues to develop throughout the season. Jahan Dotson's one of those receivers that it seems like every time he he makes a play, it's a big one and it, you know, shifts momentum or it, uh, you know, is a big play, but um, it, he just doesn't seem to get targeted as much as uh, I feel like maybe he should. Uh, he, he's got a lot of similarities to Hamler and his speed and, uh, you know, his route running is really, really good, uh, creates space for himself. We saw him, you know, kind of on that last drive for Penn State, uh, bust open a, a really long uh, reception and run um, to put the to put the ninny lines in the red zone and a chance to score a touchdown. But um, I, I I hope that you know maybe uh, he's not overlooked since he is more similar to Hamler and uh, you know KJ's had such great success that they tend to lean on him a little bit. But um, not really bad performances by the receivers or the top receivers, I should say. Definitely some shakiness, though, as as you look down the roster. Um, so a lot to improve upon there. Um, and, you know, I'm curious, Colin, your thoughts on the O-line's performance. I feel like Penn State, in general, when they you know lose a game like this, it feels like it's because the quarterback never has time to throw the ball. I didn't really get that feeling throughout this game. I thought the O-line played pretty well throughout. Um, I didn't, you know, Minnesota is one of those teams that, their, you know, their linemen are often the heart of their team. Um, this season, you know, they have a lot more skilled players, but um, I, I thought our own line did a really great job of, of slowing them down and protecting Clifford as much as possible. Yeah, I thought the O-line played a real nice game, honestly. Clifford only got sacked twice, but I think one of those was, could have been his fault because he just held on to the ball so long. Yeah. He took his eyes off of downfield just trying to squirm loose. But, yeah, I mean, and the running game was real nice too. We mm-hmm. netted, what, a total of 191 yards on the ground. So they were creating big holes for Journey Brown, and Clifford had 50 alone too. So that was nice to see. But, yeah, I think definitely this game can't fall back like heavily on the O-line because I right. thought they definitely did their fair share of protecting Clifford and creating their running lanes. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, really strong performance by them. Let's talk quickly about special teams before we transition to defense. Uh, not really a lot to talk about here. Gillikin punted just twice, uh, you know, a 45-ish and a 50-ish yard punt. Um, you know, he's been consistent all season. Pinnegar also, although, you know, some fans may not have agreed with some of the decisions to kick field goals in certain situations, um, when he was called upon, he was good from 21 and 33 yards on the day. Um, Pinnegar's been great, especially in those short yarded situations, just consistent throughout this season. Um, all right, let's shift now to defense. Um, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts. <clears throat> Minnesota, very talented offense. Um, you know, similar to Penn State, they throw the ball deep a lot. They have big plays. Um, what what are your thoughts on the defense as a whole, and are there any areas that you you know watching the game thought we really got torched on? Yeah, I thought the defense overall they struggled. I mean, mm-hmm. giving up that many points, it was just tough to see. Uh, the secondary kind of got torched all throughout the yeah. game, just picked apart, and so that was kind of hard to watch. Where they got turned around on routes and like losing track of receivers, and yeah. you know coverages where we're blitzing and the safeties got to get over the top, but he just was too late getting there and. So it's just a lot of like little tweaky things that just worked out to create points for Minnesota. And I mean, Minnesota's O-line is absolutely enormous. I mean, yeah. like the average size of them is 
the same caliber as the NFL. So definitely our pass rush had a tall task of like creating mm-hmm. pressure in that. And I think throughout the whole first half, they never pressured the quarterback once or had like a tackle for a loss or like, let alone a sack. So obviously the secondary kind of didn't have help throughout that, but overall Jan Johnson had 11 tackles on the day, you know, Micah Parsons, even without starting the first uh, drive, he had a sack and 11 tackles on the day. So obviously those two stepped up in the linebacker play, you know, kind of filling holes, but still it's just the defense where we didn't really get used to seeing earlier in the season. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I thought the secondary really struggled. You know, we expected the the defensive line to have a tough, tough going uh, in this game. We knew how good Minnesota's offensive line was going to be. Um, what I, I, you know, while I was watching the game, what I what I didn't expect was um, Minnesota really going after Castro Fields in the secondary. He's one of the more experienced players in that role. He and John Reed generally do a really great job, but he just seemed to lose his coverage, kind of get lost in the secondary, uh, you know, much too often and allowed for some really big plays. Um, you know, I'm sure he's very self-aware of that at this point as as well as the coaching staff. But, you know, uh, Tanner Morgan, uh, Minnesota's quarterback, r- really seemed to avoid John Reed when he could and, and threw towards Castro Field. So um, kind of an interesting, you know, dynamic there i don't know if that was the plan going uh you know for minnesota coming into the game or if that's just what they saw as the game went on um but uh, i'm i'm interested to see how the secondary bounces back in the coming weeks um i you mentioned jan johnson and michael parsons kind of the leaders uh in this one they they both played really well i thought parsons with the only sack on the day um jan johnson did a really great job just kind of you know being all over the field, getting involved in every defensive play, it felt like um, whether that was, you know, on a blitz or dropping back into into coverage when he needed to. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, wasn't thrilled with the defensive performance, but um, I, I also wasn't, you know, I was probably equally disappointed with the offense. So I thought, you know, there wasn't one, one person or one unit that was to blame for this loss. It was just, um, you know, I, I, it's hard to say a lack of preparation after you, you know, when you're coming to the, into this game off a of bye week, but, um, it, it definitely seemed like we just weren't really ready to play in this game. Um, did you have any kind of final thoughts for this one? What do you think this kind of showed you going forward for this season? Yeah, I think this was definitely a big wake up call for both the offense and the defense. You know, I don't know if coming off that bye week and having a game plan where, it seems like they didn't really get into the groove of having a game plan, you know, going down early. They kind of seemed to be trying to play catch up, yeah. which didn't really work out, obviously. But, yeah, I definitely expected more. I don't know if they just kind of not necessarily like thought lesser of Minnesota, but just didn't have the same level of preparation. You know, I don't know if they thought about how the college football playoff ranking just came out and they bumped up to four and yeah. if their heads got high or whatever. But, yeah, definitely – a a new mindset needs to come into the next week where we take the game more seriously and execute better. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, like you said, just kind of the offense, especially had to scramble throughout the game since they were, you know, down the entire time. Um, Sean Clifford stats, you look at him after the game and say, Oh, he threw for 340 yards, pretty good day. But like, um, you know, he had to throw the ball every time we were on offense because, 
you know, we were down and we needed to move the ball quickly and look for those big plays. So um, definitely a lot to work on. I, I wish I could tell you what the reason was for this, this performance. I thought, um, like I said before, overall, just kind of sloppy and uh, mistakes that we haven't seen uh, this season previously. Um, I mean, there is still potentially a path for Penn State into the playoff that would, you know, at the very minimum beat Ohio State and then win the Big Ten championship. Uh, I I don't know how likely that is at this point, um, unless some serious changes are made, some serious, you know, motivation maybe is is instilled in the players. Um, Ohio State looks like a, a, a an unstoppable object at this point. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm still excited for that game. I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, I don't think this loss to Minnesota means that, you know, this team is vastly overrated or, um, you know, not, you know, not a talented group of, of players because I think that they are. Um, I think it's just going to uh, wake them up as this team moves forward. Uh, next week, obviously, Penn State uh, has their second to last home game of the season. They'll take on Indiana. Who, Indiana's had a pretty decent year this year, uh, third in the Big Ten East right now. But uh, you know they're they've lost to teams that you know we, you would kind of expect them to lose to, and they've beaten teams that they're expected to beat. Um, I I can't imagine you know next weekend's going to be too different for this game. Penn State should handle this one, especially you would think after you know a fire lit under their under their belly uh, from this loss. So. Um, I, I wouldn't say there's too much to worry about this next week. Um, I certainly hope the team isn't looking forward to the Ohio State game too much that they somehow overlook Indiana. Um, you know, Coach Franklin always preaches the "want to know this week" mentality, so um, I'm just hoping that the team really accepts that and adopts that this week because you know it's a big one. I, I don't want a uh, slow performance against a team that they really should handle. Colin, any final thoughts for for this week? Yeah, definitely something to put in the rearview mirror and like get away from and move on to the next one. So hopefully the team can come back and get get the practice on Monday and clear their heads and just keep trying to move forward in the season and make the best of it now. Absolutely. All right, guys, that's pretty much all that we have for you today. If you'd like to check out our website, please do that, www.psuunderground.com. There's so much great stuff on there, uh, you know, men's soccer field hockey in the big 10 uh playoffs this week um a lot of great stuff going on also follow us on twitter at underground aths and uh we'll have another episode for you uh on thursday uh like i said a lot of you know fall sports seasons wrapping up here so there's a lot going on so definitely tune in again on thursday morning thank you so much for listening